Hello, and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 167, which we are recording on Tuesday, May 22nd, 2018. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And I'm seriously in shock that May is almost over. It's that time of year, especially yeah. in the United States, where we go from Mother's Day to graduation, and it all goes by in a blur. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of the blur right now. Yeah, I it's agree. Shocking. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> So what are you wearing? I am wearing my Newsome cardigan, which is a sweater that I knit back in October of 2015, if you can believe really? that. Yeah. Yeah. I wow. knit mine in Dragonfly Fibers Genie Sock, which is an MCN base, which is Merino Cashmere Nylon. So it's super squishy, super soft. Very lovely to wear, and every time I put this one on, I think, why don't I wear this sweater more often? <laughs> it's really cute and really casual and fun, yet comfortable looking. Yes, I wore, or I made it in a gray that is called, I think it's called District 12. Yes, yeah. it's District 12 gray, and I made the sleeves extra long so that I could pull them down over my wrists and the top of my hands, making it very cozy. And it's a, a, I made it a little bit bigger than the sample so that I could actually wrap it around myself. It's got a very squishy garter stitch collar and it's very cozy. And every time, like I said, every time I wear it, I think, oh, maybe I wanna make another one. Why don't I wear it more often? <laughs> well, looking at it, I'm tempted to make it and for some reason, I was never tempted to knit that before. But today, oh. looking at it, I think, oh, I really need to knit that. And I need this to have one, that sweater. Yeah. And this one, I was also attracted to it because it had an unusual construction. I don't know if you recall that I believe it starts at the lower back and then you knit out in triangles garter stitch I had to look at the sweater and there's <laughs> it comes to a point in the back so you've got garter stitch on the side then stockinette in the back and it actually increases this because it comes to a point at the bottom as you go up the sweater the stockinette increases and the garter stitch decreases and then you come to the other side of the sweater and it's garter stitch again so it's very visually interesting the back is interesting and I think that, yes, Crystal Ivy, who wrote the pattern Newsome, later released a top-down version of the sweater called Weights. And that was what I wanted to make. When she released the second version that was top-down, I thought, oh, I want to make it again, but I want to do the other pattern just because I'm a sucker for the top interesting down. construction. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was and thinking... just to see how it was reimagined from the top down would be interesting mm -hmm. because this one was fun part. to knit. And yeah, I just, I really enjoy the whole engineering. Yeah, exactly. That's the word of sweater design and how you can come up with the same sweater conceptually and then manufacture it from two different directions and still have the same sweater. I find that interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm more interested in knitting it now that you said there's a top-down yeah. version. That makes me even happier. Yeah, I think the reason, well, aside from the fact that it was just an interesting knit, but I think some people 
hesitated to make this version because they weren't sure about the length. And since it starts on the bottom, you can't go back and change the length afterwards, where, whereas with the top-down version, you can change the length so easily, yeah. as we all know. And what, that is one of the reasons why I do love top-down sweaters. Yep. <laughs> so, interesting. But this is Newsome by Bristol Ivy. How about you, Gail? What are you wearing? I am wearing my yoga wrap or yoga shawl. I can never remember the exact name of the <laughs> pattern, but it's by Andrea Mowry. And it is a very long rectangular wrap that has buttons on two sides, one of the short sides and one of the long sides. And then you have the corresponding buttonholes on the other of those two sides. And it is big and warm and comfy. And I have hardly worn it since I knit it about a year ago. And yesterday needed to reach for a warm layer. It was right next to my desk. So I popped it on and thought, oh my goodness, why don't I wear this more often? So I'm it wearing it again today. It looks fabulous on you. Isn't it, it cute? It looks so cute on you. And Gail is wearing a pink t-shirt from the Knockers Retreat. And she has the gray wrap on over it. And the gray wrap also has some pink buttons. Gail has multicolored, well, different colored buttons on the edges. And some of them are pink and it looks fabulous. Yeah, that was a fun part of doing this is I think you needed 28 buttons, some really large number of buttons. So I went into my button stash and just took all sorts of different buttons that were almost the same size. So I have buttons for many different projects and many different places. I know where I bought some of these. And I reinforced one of the sides of the buttons with grosgrain ribbon that is bright pink with lighter pink polka dots. <laughs> that corresponds really well with my t-shirt. Yes. And I'm wearing my other $1.50 thrift shop <laughs> skirt that I bought on my thrift shopping adventure. So it's a super fun outfit. It's very me. And the shawl or wrap I knit with Neighborhood Fiber Company's Rustic Fingering I think it's the Thomas Circle. It's their dark gray yarn, and it's a single-ply fingering, and it's just delightful. Super soft, and it's just a comfy, squishy around the neck layer, and it's double-wrapped because, like I said, it's really long, and it's really wide, too. It's a very... It's like a big shawl, but it's a big wrap, so I think it took three skeins of yarn. Actually, it took a little over three. I ran out, and I don't know if we can find it, but... I bound off one of the sides with a different color of gray from a different dyer. And you can really tell the color difference, but I can't even find where it is because there's some... I was going to oh, say, right I don't know. See, can I you see the difference? If it... Oh, I can when you point it out. Yeah, but if I hadn't pointed it out, you probably wouldn't notice. No. Yeah. No. So that's the Yoga Wrap by Andrea Mowry. I highly recommend it. And do you like the way we got a mention of an outfit in there? Oh, I didn't even think of a that. A little foreshadowing yeah. of what's to come. <laughs> Good point. Good point. And I actually will mention the yoga wrap in relation to that okay. later in the episode. Okay. So what are you stalking lately? I am not stalking a whole lot. I don't know if it's just the season or what, but I just, I haven't. I haven't been spending a lot of time stalking. I haven't been seeing a lot that I want to stalk. Maybe it's just the season, the yarn, 
the busy Me. time of year. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. Perhaps that's something to do with it. All of the above, perhaps. But the one thing that I am stocking is a shawl, and it's called A Girl's Best Friend, and it's by Isabel Kramer. And this one was pointed out to me by Kim, who was the dyer at Western Sky Knits. She was talking about having this for a booth sample. And as soon as I saw it, I kind of wanted to make one for me too. Kind of. She texted me right away. (laughs) So this one is a triangular shawl. Three colors. It's got a lot of different stitches in there it's a little bit of a sampler we've got some bobbly bits some ribbing some eyelets some lace and then the stripey areas stripey slash color work but the fun part comes at the finish it's got some pom-poms attached to the edge which i thought were very cute you could do pom-poms you could do tassels either would be very cute but there are three on the edge and the way that it is worn in the sample photos on the pattern page just looks really sweet. It is really cute. cute. Very something different. And I like the stitches. I like all the different stitch patterns on this one. Yeah. It's almost like a sampler. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Good description. So I like that. That one is A Girl's Best Friend by Isabel Kramer. And sadly, that is all I am stocking. How about That's you, Gail? That's not necessarily sad. <laughs> it's the time of year. Yes. What are you stocking? I'm only stocking two things. And the first one, I'm going to butcher the name because it's a Kate Davies pattern. And she uses these really cool Celtic or other types of names. I'm going to say it's Paibah. P-A-B-A-I-G-H. It's a new sweater from her, and I couldn't decide if I'm stocking it because I really like the sweater or because I really look like how Kate looks wearing the sweater. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I told myself to read the blurb. I actually made that note on my show notes, so I'm going to go back to the blurb. She looks really cute because it is a cropped sweater, short sleeve with a funnel neck. And she's wearing it with some really cute jeans and a striped like mariner type shirt under it, a long sleeve shirt. And it's a short sleeve sweater. She just looks adorable. (laughs) She always does, in my opinion. This simple tee with the contemporary shape is ideal for maritime layering with its deep funneled collar for keeping out the wind. The design is named for a beautiful uninhabited island in Scotland's Outer Hebrides. So it just is really, really cute. And it's totally something that I would wear and knit. It's cap sleeve, knit in the round, and it's bottom up. That was the one thing about it that I thought, uh-oh, if it's bottom up, I won't necessarily know. Well, that's that's just me convincing myself not to knit a bottom up <laughs> sweater. I can measure any of my sweaters yeah. that I like and measure how the distance from yes. the hem to the underarm yes. and know how long to knit the sweater. Yes. And because it's in fingering, it makes it even that much more appealing to me. And she just looks so cute. I keep saying that, but... I did see that one, and I remember looking back at that one and studying it, too. I it's thought cute, it was cute, right? Yeah. 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 Super cute. And I think it would look really cute with skirts. I mean, she has these cute pants on, but I don't wear pants like that, for sure. But it would look really cute with a skirt. 
I used to have a pair of pants like that. They're cute. They're mm-hmm. just not me. So yeah. that's the first thing that I'm stocking. The second thing I'm stocking is the Kettle Valley Poncho by a designer named Marsha Ibuki. And it is a swancho. It is <laughs> similar to Veronica that I knit a couple years ago in terms of it has these little sleeves, but it's basically, it looks like a poncho with little sleeves at the end. And it has a lot of fabric. And this one is knit in fingering weight yarn and it's striped. So I'm just thinking scraps, it would be really, (laughs) really cute. So that is a super simple, I'm guessing top down design. And there weren't any projects done. It was a brand new pattern. Mm -hmm. Don't even know how it crossed my radar, but I saw that and thought, oh, that's so cute. Of course, I'm a sucker for the stripes. It just (laughs) never fails. So that was the Kettle Valley Poncho, and it's really cute. And this episode, we would like to thank our sponsor, Fix-A-Stitch. Ever face the tedious task of having to drop down and correct a mistake in your knitting? The Fix-A-Stitch is here to help. It's a double-ended tool that uses a patented method to change stitches from knit to purl or purl to knit, quick and easy. Check our website for great tutorials and other ways to use it. The tool comes in a package of three for light, medium, or bulky weights. A lace weight tool is sold separately. Fix-A-Stitch is available at local yarn shops around the country. For more information, visit fixastitch.com. And they mentioned the lace weight tool is available. Mm -hmm. I have to do a shout out to Rose, who is Rose Hopes on Ravelry. Last episode, I mentioned that I would love to knit another Vigeant and that my ideal yarn would be Madeline Tosh Lace, which is discontinued, in the colorway Venetian, which is discontinued, and it's basically a unicorn status yarn, in my opinion. Well, Rose reached out to me on Ravelry and said, hey, Gail, I have two skeins and I would be willing to separate myself from them with for you. And I thought, <laughs> oh my gosh, Rose, you are amazing. So thank you again. I'm pretty sure that is going to be my vacation knitting when we go on vacation in June because it's lightweight, lace yeah, weight. It's great. pretty much round and round stockinette. Perfect mm-hmm. knitting for vacation. So I'm super excited. Thank you very much, Rose. And thank you to Fix-A-Stitch. So another mention of lace weight. Gail and I were at a local yarn store last Saturday. We were down at Monarch Yarns, and they didn't have, of course, Madeline Tosh lace weight, because as Gail mentioned, that's been discontinued. But they (laughs) did have some Madeline Tosh Prairie in the Night Bloom color. And I can't stop thinking about it. Oh, is it haunting you? <laughs> it's haunting me. I did not purchase it because I don't need more yarn. <laughs> <laughs> need is not and always And I don't a have a plan for it. Yeah, that's, that's the big the, yeah. thing. I don't have a plan for it, but it sure was pretty. And Prairie is such a nice base. Prairie is Madeline Tosh's lace weight single ply. Single ply. And I just love the way the single ply takes the color. Yeah. I have a lot of Prairie in my stash. It's yeah. a very nice yarn. I love it. And the Night Bloom colorway is so you. Is so me. So. It was beautiful. I agree. I will be thinking about that. <laughs> actually, you mentioned being at Monarch Knitting. So the reason we were there is I took a natural dyeing class with Brooke Sinis of Sincere Sheep. And we've actually had Brooke on the podcast before. 
and Charlene and I have both knit with her yarns. I also have a lot of her yarn in my stash waiting to be knit. And it was a really fascinating day. I have to say, one, I will never commercially dye yarn ever. It's a very <laughs> labor-intensive process, especially with natural dyes. And I learned a lot. It was a completely fascinating day. And just the rich history of dye and how, as a piece of commerce, it has shaped a lot of history in the world is so fascinating. And I actually want to read some of the books that Brooke recommended and if you ever have the opportunity to take a dye class with Brooke, she is really so knowledgeable on the subject and not just the subject of natural dyeing, but also small farm type of commerce. You know, she buys a lot of her wool from small farmers and even people who just have pet sheep. And there's just a lot of information about the whole industry that kept me captivated the whole day. It was a fantastic way to spend a day and I really enjoyed it. So thank you Monarch Knitting for having Brooke here and thank you so much to Brooke. It would be great to have her back on the podcast again because like I said, the amount of knowledge she has yeah, is just overwhelming. I agree. Highly recommend her yarns. All right, so moving on, what are you knitting? I'm doing like these hand things <laughs> for some reason today. I am knitting in my hands right now. I have a new cast on. It's a sweater by Hohi Locatelli. Gail and I mentioned in our last episode that a lot of the patterns that we are both knitting and stocking right now are by Hohi. She seems to be the designer of what we reach for when we look for comfort knitting. Yep. <laughs> and this sweater is basically comfort knitting it's called the easy one and it is an easy one <laughs> aptly named she has oh he has two versions of this sweater she has a fingering weight sweater and a chunky weight version i believe it is it's chunky or bulky and i forget which one is bigger chunky or bulky but it's one of those two it's very different from fingering is what i'm trying to say faster to knit that's for sure yes and this sweater is meant to be something that you can knit anywhere. So you can knit this sweater with a group of friends. You can be knitting at home. It's supposed to be easy. There is not a lot of shaping to it. There is no, there are no short rows. Gail and I jokingly called it the sack before I started knitting it because there's no shaping to it, but it is an oversized drop shoulder sweater and I think I'll be able to make it work. Of course, <laughs> yes. It's going to be an oversized sweatshirt and I'm using a very light yarn, the Coast, Holstgarn Coast. So very, very light and it's going to be something that I can throw on over t-shirts all summer. Especially a pajama if summer, top. Yes. It'll be multi-purpose. Yeah. That too. But especially if summer looks like the week we've been having here. Because it's been pretty dreary. And we have our summer marine layer hanging on all week in the spring. Or it's a little bit early. Usually this is what we call the June gloom. Yeah, it is. It's very early. Yeah. So it's and it's weird early. because... If you look out the window, it looks like it should be cold outside. 
if you walk outside, it's like 70 degrees. So it's not cold, but it's cold inside. So like yesterday, I put on my yoga wrap because I was sitting at the computer thinking, I'm getting colder and colder and colder. And you go outside and it's hot. I've been cold because when I sit and use the computer, I start to get cold. So it has been cold, hence the big sweaters. So Cold, but not cold. I mean, you go outside and it's it's just our weird weather. And it's usually for June because looking outside, it's also rather windy right now. Yes, it has been windy. Mm -hmm. Very windy. So again, oversize, no short rows, something that you can knit in a group, drop shoulders, and I wanted to knit it because of the ease of knitting it and the mood that I've been in. I just needed something easy that I can go pick up and knit, go round and round, comfort yarn and a comfort pattern. Soothing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and this is what I have been knitting most of the time. I've also picked up my Jessica Jones cowl a little bit, but mostly this and a piece that you'll hear about that I've finished Ooh, later on. And what about you, Gail? What have you been knitting? I did knit a wee bit on my Fading Point wrap by Hohi Locatelli since mm. we last recorded, but most of my knitting time has been dedicated to the Slade sweater, which is a pattern by Michelle Wang, and that's the sweater I'm knitting for Mike, my husband. And I am using yarn from our friend Kim at Western Sky Knits. It is a different blend than she normally carries. It's a Polworth silk blend in a DK weight. And I've done considerable modifications to the sweater. Not so much in the pattern itself, but I did a lot of gauge math to figure out what size to knit to get a resulting sweater that will fit Mike using this yarn, which is not the called for weight in the pattern. I also spent some time trying to figure out the placket, the button bands in the front are very wide and they overlap. It's like a six inch wide button band, I think. And Mike didn't want it to be that wide. So I had to figure out, okay, then how many stitches do I cast on for the fronts? Because I finished the back, it's knit in pieces. And then I'm, I cast on both fronts at the same time but I had to figure out how many stitches to cast on to make the fronts wider so that the button placket would be narrower. So more math was involved. And then I figured out to cast on for a different size for the fronts than I did for the back to get the proper amount of fabric, which for me was a lot of math. And I figured it all out, it was great. That was Saturday after the dyeing class, figured it all out, got the fronts cast on. And as soon as I got to the ribbing, I thought, okay, now I have to figure out the pockets because there are no pockets on the sweater, but Mike really wants pockets. So I had asked Charlene on the drive on Saturday, do you think it would work if I just used the side seams of the sweater and then put pockets in there? And then when I got home and looked at Mike's sweatshirt that he wears all the time, determined that that method wasn't going to work because he said, everything will fall out of my pockets if you do it Mm -hmm. like that, which is very true. So what I did is I basically recreated his sweatshirt pocket with knit fabric. So I measured the pocket. I measured how offset it was from the side seam. I measured how tall it was. It has a curve where your hand goes in, so it's not straight. So I had to figure out how to do the decreases over two inches to get the same, to make it look like the pocket on the sweatshirt. 
And so I spent some time on Sunday doing that and it was easier than I thought it was gonna be. So now where I am on the fronts of the sweater, so I'm knitting both fronts at the same time, I did the fronts of the pockets first. After the ribbing, I basically knit the fronts of the pockets mm -hmm. and then went back and picked up the stitches, picked up the, pearl, the back of the pearl bumps on the pocket fronts and then knit the remaining stitches that weren't the pocket stitches. And now I'm just knitting straight for the same number of rows that I did for the pockets, which will be 66 rows. And then when I get to that magical 66th row, I will knit the pocket stitches together oh, yes. with the stitch, the yes. live stitches for the body. Yeah. And then voila, I will have pockets. And mm -hmm. then when I pick up the button bands, I'll pick up both layers, the pocket front and the sweater body and knit them together at that point. So I'm super pleased with how I engineered my own pockets into my sweater. And we are going on an Alaskan cruise. We leave June 8th. It's a gift for my parents. I think, did I mention this on the podcast before? I think so. My parents are celebrating, they have celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary this year. So they're bringing me and my children and my husband and my brother and his wife and their children and my aunt and uncle are now going too. And we're all going on this cruise together. Mm -hmm. And I really want to finish the sweater before we go because it'll be chilly and I would love for him to be able to wear it. So... That's why I've been dedicating almost all of my knitting time to the sweater. And we'll see if I reach my goal of finishing it in time. That's today's the 22nd and May 8th. So that's not a whole lot of time. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I Like I said, I finished the back. The fronts are probably about a third of the way finished. And of course, once you get to the underarm, you decrease. So there's a possibility I could get mm -hmm. it done. So wish me luck. That's what I've been knitting. And it's, it looks really good. The yarn is so beautiful knit up. It's really, really it pretty. It really is. It's a gorgeous color. Kim, I love it. And the fabric is beautiful. So I'm super excited about it, even though it's taking up all of my knitting time. Because mm -hmm. I would rather be knitting on some other things right now. But, you know, it was his birthday present. And I would love to see him wearing it on the cruise. So that's what I'm knitting. And we were going to talk about snags quickly, too. Oh, that's right. I forgot to mention that when I was talking about my newsome, because one thing that I did notice when I took this sweater out is that this sweater is covered with these little tiny snags. And I don't know what I did or where I wore it to that caused all these snags. Now I'm looking around and I can't find any, but I know when I was steaming it earlier, there were quite a few and it's the kind of snag, they're very, very tiny. And the yarn is, I believe it's a three ply and they're the kind of snags where maybe one ply mm -hmm. of the yarn got pulled out. So it wasn't something major that grabbed the yarn, it was, it just got pulled very tiny on something. And I'm going to have to go through with a crochet hook and just either pull the yarn to the wrong side and maybe ease it back into place a little bit. It should be very easy to do, but it was just a curious observation that I made that I have a little bit of a snag repair to do yep <laughs> and I wanted her to mention snags because I have two snag repairs to do 
So my lar sweater that I love has a major snag up near the top of the neck because I was trying clothes on and I took it off and got it caught on one of those stupid little hooks on my bra and zoop pulled it. You know, super big snack. It's made with lace weight yarn. Yep, so it's very lace. easy to pull a strand out. Yep, and it was in a lace section of a lace weight shawl. Mm-hmm. So it was very easy to do that. Well, on Mother's Day, my friend Melissa borrowed my featherweight sweater, which is knit in fingering weight yarn. And we went to one of our running friends' house for a brunch, and it was really delightful. Except when we walked through the door... My friend's dog jumped up on the back of Melissa, you know, like paws up on the back of her to say hi. Big dog. And one of her little, her dog's little claws got caught in one strand of fingering weight on the back of my sweater. Oh, And there is a giant snag. I mean, the yarn's pulled out like six inches. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I looked at that and like, okay, I can fix it. At least it didn't tear because it's a single ply fingering that I used. So I'm glad it didn't tear, but oh, I'm going to have to take a crochet hook to that thing and it'll take me forever. I hope your friend was properly apologetic. She was. She was so (laughs) embarrassed because her dog is a really sweet dog and he doesn't usually jump up on us when we're there. So she was mortified that her dog behaved poorly and mortified (laughs) that it affected my sweater. She was incredibly embarrassed. Because all of our friends know about our hand knits and know the value of our hand knits. They do because this is the group I went to... um, I went to Tahoe with right. them. Right. I, I yeah. know you've knit with them before, yeah. and they have been recipients of many of your knitted exactly. items in the past. Yes. So. <laughs> she has at least one of my sweaters and some other accessories, so they do understand. Yes. So she was very mortified. So I'm embarrassed to ask, what have you finished? I know you have finished objects, but guess what? <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I only have one. I have finished my Huhui shawl, which is a pattern by Hohi Locatelli. I started mine a couple of weeks ago and finished it pretty quickly for as much yardage as it took. I love this feature on Ravelry that when you use several different yarns, as I mentioned, this shawl is three, three different yarns. So last night when I finished it, what I did was I took my leftover skeins, well, what was left of my skeins, and I weighed them and I figured out how much of each color I used. And then I went to the project page on Ravelry, put in for each color how much I used. And then one, the feature that I really love is that at the very top of the project, Ravelry ever so kindly adds up those mm-hmm. totals for you and tells me in such in, in one handy line that I have used a total of 904 yards for oh. this shawl. And the way it's split up, let's see, one color was three 352 yards, and then the other two colors were about 280 yards each. The color that used the most was the secondary color, the the lavender color. And I'm gonna open it up. I can't wait for her to, to unwrap show it. Gail. It's a it's, it's unblocked. A deb- a debut. It is unblocked, so it is wrinkly. Oh, it's pretty. Yeah. So the hoo hoo shawl oh, has sections of garter, 
sections of mesh lace. I say mesh lace because it's not a lace pattern in the sense that there's no chart to follow. It's the same stitch over and over again and it just creates a mesh fabric. And then the very bottom of the shawl has a border with an eyelet row and then pico bind off. It's crescent shaped and the ends are gonna curl up a little bit once I block it. It still needs to be steamed, so there's a little bit of ruffling in the mesh, but it's going to be gorgeous. Oh, it's so pretty. Going to be absolutely gorgeous. I really enjoyed knitting this one because, as I mentioned, this really was about comfort knitting. Mm -hmm. The garter stitch and the squishy garter stitch and the colors, using yarn in my stash. So many things about this shawl just came together to equal comfort knitting for me. Yeah, it's beautiful too. <laughs> so I'm really happy with the way it turned out. I have not decided how I'm going to block it yet. It's all super wash. I may soak it, toss it in the dryer and see what that does. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Very happy with the way it turned out. Another Larger shawl for me. Larger shawls are certainly the popular size right now. And tell us about the yarn, because now I'm thinking I'm going to do the same thing with my yarn. Oh, okay. The yarn is... I have two skeins that come from the Bakery Bears. And two... Let's see. The two skeins that come from the Bakery Bears are the gray and the lavender and the lavender is really fun because she named it dusk over santa cruz uh -huh. <laughs> when she sent it to gail and i so it is named for the place where we live mm -hmm. and the gray is silver dollar and i love the way those two they're so yarns pretty. go together see i have the I silver really dollar do. and then i have a pink that she named Gailey. Either oh, okay. Gailey or Gailey. <laughs> and the gray has the slightest little bits of speckles in it. It almost yes. looks like tweed to me instead of speckles. Mm -hmm. And they're beautiful together. They really are. It's a it's the silver dollar color, and it's got very faint black speckles, a little bit of a gold in there. So pretty. very, very little. But they're these little delicious pops. It's beautiful. I just okay. love it. Just, just love it. So and thank you very a, much. Yeah, Kay. tell us about your third color because it's so unexpected and it looks so beautiful. <laughs> the third color is, I guess it's, I don't know if you, it's almost a speckly, almost, it's not quite a variegated. It's some, somewhere in that fine line between a variegated and a speckled, mm -hmm. I think. I don't know. If I would, I, I, when I look at a yarn, I think a yarn is variegated if it has short little color repeats. And then I think of a yarn as speckled if it has spots of color. Mm -hmm. And this one has both. So it's somewhere in between. Yes, I would agree. <laughs> but it's called Glacier and it was knit by Western Sky Knits. And this one was knit by Heather. So this one comes from Texas. And I have had it in my stash 
since February of 2016. And I actually tried to use this yarn in, I believe it was my Spectrum, which is another yes, pattern by Hohe Locatelli. And I ended up ripping it out because there was not enough contrast between this color and the solid gray that I was using. So this color sat there and I could never just quite decide what to do with it. And even on this shawl, I wasn't quite sure if it was going to be too speckly or too multicolored for the edge, but you know what? It works. And she didn't mention that it's lots of blues. Oh, that's right. So we I go from sand dollar, which is a very light gray with the speckles. She Silver described. dollar. Silver dollar. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> and then the the dusk over Santa Cruz yeah. is a p lavender pink, mauvish pink. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then into the glacier, which is the shades of blues. It goes from a dark navy, which is almost a black, to a pale pale gray which is almost the same as the silver dollar it's so something it i would have really never well. paired and it looks so cool so it now really i'm thinking does. i could use my two bakery bear yarns mm -hmm. and i know i have a speckled it's called boysenberry also by oh, heather oh, we could end up with the cool. same exact dyers in the same exact order do it <laughs> I have to I have to look at boysenberry yeah, before see. I can say it'll work. Yeah. But I think it'll work because that would my be pink awesome. is the same very light mm -hmm. color as yours. Yeah. That would be oh, awesome. Oh, I'm totally gonna check and it as soon as really I can. It's really a fun shawl to knit. Oh, wouldn't that be cool? We'd have matching shawls, yes. but oh yeah. I'm in love with this idea already. <laughs> I love it too. And by Hohe. Oh my gosh, it's just too perfect. Yeah. yeah. I love it too. So that is Huhui by Hohi Locatelli. And Huhui is a pattern that was released, let me tell you, back in December 2015. And I've had it in my queue since then. It was part of a collection she released in December 2015 called The Authentic Collection. And if I recall correctly, You've knit I've knit things. several yeah. things from the Authentic Collection. I believe, yes, I've knit Big Old Coat was from that collection. Fancy Cardi was from that collection. Citadel was from that collection, yep. which Gail I knit. knit yeah. I did not knit that one. Love that sweater. And then oh. the Spectrum that I just mentioned was from that collection. And I knit Spectrum also. And I could easily see myself knitting the rest of them too. Mm -hmm. Very, very nice. All right, so that just went on to my... To knit list. <laughs> and you didn't finish anything. I haven't finished anything, but I did want to take, Charlene and I both wanted to take a minute to thank all of you. Like, I don't even know, I don't have words to describe how touched we were by your responses from our last episode. And this is the second episode in a row. I haven't finished anything. And you know what? I don't feel bad because you guys <laughs> were so amazing in your responses to the last episode and thank you so much to everyone who commented i mean seriously from the bottom of my heart it just was so touching and so it really was yeah we're both now we're tearing. Tearing. <laughs> so we just wanted to say thank you very yeah. much yeah it meant, it meant a lot a lot more than you can know i think so thank you very much so today we want to take a few minutes to introduce our Colors of Fall 
2018 knit along. Whoa, it's Woo-hoo! already here. <laughs> I can't believe it. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that this is a ch- annual tradition for Gail and I. Every summer, we introduce the fall palette, which is from Pantone, the color people. And we take a look at what colors are going to be used in fall fashion. This year, they did something interesting. They broke it out into a couple of palettes. They have a New York fall palette and a London fall palette. In addition to what they call the classic palette, which is five neutrals, we also look at the spring palette because not everybody is knitting for fall. There are some folks who will be knitting for their spring and there is also a classic spring palette. So these are the 2018 colors and in the fall palette between London and New York there are actually a lot of colors that are very similar but then a lot of the colors are shared and both palettes share the classic the fall palettes gail what do you think well they're interesting so the goal here is to knit yourself something using one of the colors and it doesn't have to be the exact specific shade For example, you could use a yarn that has speckles that have some of the colors or variegated yarn that has one of the colors or think along those lines. You know, we always make our knit alongs broad, so we're not trying to say you have to use one of these colors. Inclusive rather than exclusive. Exclusive. Very well said. (laughs) So the goal is to knit yourself something from one of the palettes and incorporate it into a fall look. So the colors Mm -hmm. of fall is all about ending up with an outfit that you can wear in the fall or in the spring if you're in the other hemisphere. So Charlene is much better at fashion and pairing things than I am. So I'm going to let her spearhead (laughs) the rest of this and I'll just chime in. I don't know if I'm better at fashion. Really, I only like to wear jeans and t-shirts and jeans and sweaters. That's really my quote unquote (laughs) uniform. But as I always say to people, I find fashion really interesting, fascinating in an academic sense. I like to study fashion and I really like to watch and see what's coming down the runway. And I like to see what's trendy and what is coming, but I don't necessarily wear it. In fact, I really don't wear it. (laughs) And that's where we differ is I couldn't tell you what's coming down the runways. So I don't know if I could either, but I did do research. I did research too. That's (laughs) what we do for this launch of, so the, let's start with the dates. So the dates of this knit along are the summer solstice, which is June 21st this year through the fall equinox, which is September 22nd. So that's three months to knit something Mm -hmm. and come up with your outfit for fall. So you can start planning That's now. what it is. So you this- can start swatching now. You can start discussing now. There is a thread in our Ravelry group that Robbie has opened up with photographs of the palettes. 
and people are already discussing possibilities, colors, trends, and what they'll what maybe they want to wear it with too. And as I said already, I already know what I'm wearing mine with. Whatever it is, I'm going to be wearing it with jeans. And so. I'll be wearing it with a skirt and or leggings. You know, one of those things. If it's colder, maybe both. But we like to use this kickoff episode to take a look at what's coming in fall fashion based on any research we can do and kind of plot what we might want to knit to have our resulting fall look right. or fall outfit. Exactly, exactly. And like I said for myself, I think it's just fun sometimes to see what is out there and what's coming. You mean you're not going to wear one of those giant coats in like the most bold shearling fabric you've ever seen? <laughs> you're not planning to get one of those? Well, according to Cosmopolitan, I should be wearing plaid. I should be wearing animal print. I should be wearing red and pink together. Together, yes, I saw that too. And maybe a cape. And I like red and pink together. I'm all for that. And Let's do it. not necessarily the, all those things together. I think those are just these are just items that people will be wearing. Maybe one item with these with these qualities mixed with a lot of other things. Mixed with sweaters, mixed with whatever top you choose, that kind of thing. And I did see the repetition of plaid and animal print from a couple of places. I saw it on Cosmopolitan. Yeah. I saw it from Vogue. L Pop Sugar. I saw it in a lot of places. Okay. They also were saying big, bold prints. And although you said you could have one statement piece that represents one of these categories, a lot of them had people like in head-to-toe animal print and head-to-toe plaid and head-to-toe bright red with a pink accent. And so people were really going. I think that's also a runway thing, I think right? that's a runway yeah. thing, yeah. And I think the practicality of it is that that's what we see on the runway. And then fashion trickles down. And I think the way that it trickles down to people like me <laughs> is to Quote perhaps normal people. <laughs> have, yes, to perhaps have one piece that follows the trend, not necessarily even a new piece. Perhaps if it's a color, it could be a color that I pull out from my closet, but is appearing on the palette and is a trendy color. I saw the repetition of red in a couple of places. Mm -hmm. And then I also saw from Vogue and from Calvin Klein, shoulder pads, <laughs> 80s inspired mm -hmm. looks. One of the interesting things that I saw was neon colors. The Prada house was showing neon colors. Oh, I and didn't notice that. I have to say... If you look at photos of the royal wedding that was just this past weekend, the queen was wearing neon yellow. No way. Yes. She was wearing a neon yellow jacket. Wow. If I look at the palettes, I want to say it was this lime punch color. Wow. I'll have to bring up a photograph yeah. later and show you. The queen was wearing neon yellow. Wow. And one of the fun things that I did was I did I was watching a little bit of the wedding before Gail picked me up on Saturday morning. 
And I was looking for the colors of fall in the outfits that the guests were wearing. And I really saw a lot of them. I really saw a lot of the colors of fall. It wasn't even necessarily the London palette that I saw. I think I saw more colors in the New York fall palette. And I know this wasn't a fall event necessarily, but I think the colors are already being used by the fashion houses. And so it was really fun to kind of look at the colors that people were wearing with this in mind. Hmm. Interesting. One of the other things that I saw that was supposed to be coming for fall, and I think we have seen this on Ravelry, is the Fair Isle sweater. Oh, we see. Yes, that's so hot on Ravelry. There are so many sweaters right now. And I'm blanking out on the designer. Who's Caitlin the designer? Hunter. Caitlin Hunter, yeah. There's a whole bunch of designs that have been really popular. Yeah. And Jennifer Wineglass, something like that. She's another one that a lot of hers have been in hot right now the last few months. And oh, they're okay. very traditional colorwork yoke sweaters. Yeah. yeah. And two, I saw photographs from two fashion houses, uh, Michael Kors and Prada. We're both showing women walking down the runway with Fair Isle sweaters. Oh, cool. So that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So a lot of you have already been knitting for fall and exactly. you didn't even know it. Exactly. How cool is that? And the colors are so varied, especially looking at the classic fall palette. I I think it's inevitable that you would be using one of those colors in the Fair Isle piece. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. And so to go back to the knit along, an outfit, that's the yeah. end goal of this knit along. So most of our, and that's not me in the background. She's very happy today. The ultimate goal of most of our knit alongs is a knitted object. And that is still true. But for this knit along, we want you to take an extra step and we want you to fashion whatever you knit into a full look or a full outfit. So what we'll do when we open the thread for the knit along, I will link to past finish object threads for this knit along because I think this is our fifth maybe version of this knit along. And some of the outfits that people have created have been fabulous and have given me lots of inspiration yes, on things that me I too. Actually... I really enjoy looking at people's outfits. Yeah, and they give sometimes I'm able to incorporate those things into my everyday looks and they just become part of how I dress. So it's great. And an example of an outfit might be if you knit a sweater, you'd pair it with some type of bottoms, pants or skirt or something or even over a dress or something like that. And shoes, maybe a handbag, maybe a scarf, you know, who knows what else you might pair it with. And people have done collages of their finished object with other pieces, maybe cut and paste from various shopping sites, for example. Some people have paired the knitted object with clothes from their wardrobe and then modeled it. Some people have paired the object with clothes from their closet and put it on a hanger to take a picture or on the bed or floor to take a picture. So you don't have to be wearing your outfit, but we would like to see the whole ensemble together so that we see your fall look. So that's the end goal of the Colors of Fall Knit Along. So you're using at least one color from one of the palettes, and there are lots of colors to choose from, even though they kind of bleed into each other. And that knit object ends up being 
Oh, Nani's here on Charlotte's fingers. Oh my goodness. She was making a lot of noise over there. That knit object with that color ends up being part of an outfit. So the planning thread is open. And like Charlene said, you can go over there, go over there and plan and plot and, and decide what you might want to knit, what colors you might want to use, start swatching. I think some people have already talked about even the patterns that they plan to knit. Mm -hmm. And usually when we do this planning episode, I've looked through my stash and I've planned what yarns I want to knit for the actual colors of fall. But I haven't done that this year because I'm not wholly in love with all of the colors and I'm trying to determine what colors I might actually wear. And when I was doing my research, one of the websites I found that I loved, let me pull it up on my phone, is actually a Pantone color kind of collage site where they did all of these pictures that have the colors of fall in the picture somewhere. And oh my goodness, they're starting on page one, just scrolling through it makes me so happy because the <laughs> colors are gorgeous when they're presented this way. So to me, mm, seeing see. a little tiny square it's of different. fabric yeah. does nothing for me. But looking at this site opens up this whole world of possibilities. Yeah. So I'm going to link to this site as well because it shows at least 10 or more photographs using color. the colors. Yeah, that's, and that's a good, good link. It's really cool. Share. Yeah. So looking at this, I can be inspired to go through my stash and see what I want to pull out to knit for the colors of fall. So by the time the knit along actually starts, I will know what yarn I want to use. <laughs> Have you done any of that forward planning? Not necessarily, although I am, of course, in love with the ultraviolet color. Yeah, I like the lavenders. <laughs> I like... In the classic palette, I really like the navy blue and mm -hmm. the gray. Mm -hmm. And then in the spring, there's a rose color that's very pretty. And then in the spring classic palette, there's also the navy and the gray. So I'm not going very far outside of my comfort, or I don't have to go very far outside of my comfort zone to find colors that I know are already in my stash. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking that the teal color, I have to lean forward to see the colorway name. Ketzel I think it's green. Ketzel, yeah. yeah. And then the dark burgundy in the upper left-hand corner. Mm -hmm. I think Venetian actually will fit into I that. I think so too. So my viajant that I plan to knit, it won't, I'll start it probably before the knit along, but it will fit into colors of fall. Yeah. So Very I know pretty. I have some of these colors represented in my stash. And can I just say that classic palette does nothing for me. Oh, really? I mean, I love the navy blue. Yeah. And the gray is okay, but those four colors next to the navy <laughs> blue are so... Okay, See, I, I get think that they're it, classics. I think of it in terms of the navy blue. I would pull out the navy blue and the gray and then a pop color. You could put in that bright yellow. You could put in that bright red. You could put in the ultraviolet with it. And I think that would look fabulous. Yeah, and you'd have to because those colors, I yeah. would look I would look like the walking dead in most of those colors. The navy, I can do. The other colors are just, there's like a tan and a beige and an off-white. Mixing and matching. Yeah. yeah. I, can't, I can't even wear big swaths of those colors. So it's interesting to me that the 
classic colors. One are so light, except for the navy, of course, it's mm-hmm. very dark, but they're very light colors. Mm-hmm. So in practical wear, I couldn't wear garments like that very long before they got stained. That's true. <laughs> That's one issue, too. That's true. So interesting color palettes this year. The thing that I love about the classic and the navy blue especially is that since I wear jeans so much, the denim if I wear dark denim, clearly qualifies as that classic Mm -hmm. color. And one of the things that seems to be trending on the websites that I looked at for fall fashion is that anything goes for denim. I mean, anything goes for denim. I saw skinny denim and I saw baggy, what they call boyfriend jeans, which are just not skinny, the opposite of skinny jeans. So it seems to be, in terms of the shapes, anything goes. I love the raw edges. I love the holes. I love the visible mending. I love the embroidery that I saw. All oh, of I that. love the embroidery. Yeah, the embroidery that. and the visible mending. Love that. And there's a lot of that in the denim looks for fall. And that's something that most of us can pull out of our closet and do you want a pair of jeans? That's true. <laughs> so I love that. Yeah, DYI. Yeah, yeah, I love that idea. That's a good point. Yeah. And then one last thing I did want to mention, the House of Chanel showed fingerless gloves walking down oh, the runway. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Very cool. So that was very cool. Well, one other thing I wanted to mention, so in my internet search, I came across Cosmopolitan. The link said 2018 fall fashions and I clicked and what it brought me to was 11 ways to wear a blanket scarf oh which translates to big shawl in my vocabulary excellent so here I am wearing my yoga shawl slash wrap (laughs) which is basically a blanket scarf and they showed 11 different ways to wear it and I will link to that yeah also because there's a video of her putting it on in all 11 different ways and I thought, wow, so here we go. Now we can really knit and wear these big shawls. Yeah. And it's part of the fall fashion trend. So how cool is that? Very cool. Permission to knit all the big shawls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was our basic launch into Colors of Fall 2018. I really look forward to seeing ideas of what you guys want to knit and colors you're going to use because I need some inspiration this year. Yes. <laughs> so definitely please pop into that thread Give us some of your opinions, and that will help me immensely. And once again, the dates for the Knit Along are the Summer Solstice, June 21st, through the Fall Equinox, September 22nd. So three months of planning and knitting and Mm -hmm. making it happen. (laughs) And three months is a lot of time to knit, considering... It doesn't have to be a sweater. It could be a hat. It could be a scarf. It could be fingerless gloves. Exactly. Was it Chanel? Did yes. There you go. Yes. So thank you for listening and happy knitting until the next time. Happy knitting, everyone. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniax Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.